0: Welcome to episode 16 of the RSA Resident and Student podcast series, a production of the American Academy of Emergency Medicine Resident and Student Association. RSA is an accessible, collaborative organization that fosters innovation, education, and advocacy for residents and students in emergency medicine. In this episode, Dr. Jessica Fujimoto, resident at Temple University Hospital and RSA Board Liaison to the Education Committee speaks with Dr. Henderson McGinnis, Associate Professor of Emergency Medicine at Wake Forest School of Medicine and co-founder of the Appalachian Center for Wilderness Medicine. Today, Drs. Fujimoto and McGinnis discuss wilderness medicine and how to get started or find a fellowship in wilderness medicine.
1: Welcome everyone, this is Jessica Fujimoto. I'm one of the board members of RSA and the Education Committee liaison. And today, I'm really excited to welcome Dr. Henderson McGinnis, who is an associate professor of emergency medicine at Wake Forest School of Medicine. He is also the co founder of a regional nonprofit organization called the Appalachian Center for Wilderness Medicine, which promotes wilderness medicine opportunities and collaboration in the southeastern United States. So, welcome, Dr. McGinnis. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're really excited to talk to you about wilderness medicine. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became interested in wilderness medicine?
2: Well, actually, wilderness medicine got me into medical school and got me interested in medicine. I had a career in the Army for a while and uh, kind of called that my outward bound with guns phase. Then I was a raft guide and working as a raft guide, you know, you get some skills outside and you take certification courses to kind of help you take care of, you know, potential problems in the wild. And so I had taken a wilderness first responder course and ended up taking care of a couple patients that had some pretty bad problems in a pre-hospital setting just on the side of the river. Felt like I needed to get some more education, so I went forward and got my EMT and was actually trying to get into paramedic school. Couldn't get into paramedic school, so I went to medical school. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's an interesting thing that so happened that way. <laughs> right. No,
2: I wanted to go to medical school, but that was sort of the plan. So I went into medical school with a lot of outdoor experience and having some wilderness experience there. So I just sort of continued that through my undergrad experience. I kept working on the river, doing a lot of things outside. So I wanted to try and combine some of those things. And wilderness medicine is really a great way for me to combine your, your passion and your profession.
1: That makes a lot of sense. And then you co-founded and currently serve as one of the board of directors of the Appalachian Center for Wilderness Medicine. Can you tell us more about this organization?
2: Sure. This is an organization that the idea came up from one of my partners. Now, we actually work together a guy named Seth Hawkins in North Carolina. He was living about an hour and a half from me. And we realized that there was a lot of folks doing wilderness medicine in the Southeast or just, you know, all over the country, but in the Southeast in particular. And it was very siloed. So he didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what he was doing. He came up with this idea and kind of floated it out there. And we sort of latched onto it and thought, hey, this is a great way to get people together on a regional basis to to share ideas, to share experiences, to share opportunities to promote education, research, and training opportunities in the southeastern United States. It's been a great opportunity. It's been a great organization. Done support for bike rides and runs and things like that. And a lot more of community involvement. We'll go out and do like free classes in like a basic trail first aid type class, things like that. So it's almost like a clearinghouse in a sense, but still with a little bit of a public outreach process.
1: Yeah, I was looking at your website. It's neat. You have a bunch of different opportunities for sort of all different levels of training. I guess along that same line, exposure to wilderness medicine in residency for residents is pretty limited. So can you talk a little bit more about elective opportunities through your center and just in general for residents and medical students that might be interested?
2: So the Appalachian Center itself doesn't really offer any electives. There's not a great resource for that. The Wilderness Medical Society has a page that lists electives for medical students. EMRA also has a page that lists electives for medical students. It's a little bit outdated. Both of them need to be updated a little bit. But those are some resources out there. The other thing you can do is you can kind of reach out to your faculty and say, hey, can I do a wilderness medicine elective on my own with your faculty? And that's something that I do with our residents at Wake. And I've helped residents even in other departments at the university. So if anyone out there has any questions about that, I'm happy to help them sort of remotely and get them going in the right direction. It's a really easy thing to do, but it's hard to get started sometimes if you feel like you're the only one doing it. As a resident, it's easy to be involved because you like going outside, you like doing things in your limited free time and being able to capitalize on that. So one of the things we've done, I started a conference for medical students 10 years ago called the Southeastern Wilderness Medical Student Conference. And so we've had that every year and we have rotated around different places in the Southeast. And many of our residents actually will teach at that. So it gives them an opportunity to be an invited speaker at a regional conference, but it gives them the opportunity to learn more about a topic and actually be a master at it and be able to teach that. So it's a great opportunity for residents to become involved as educators, sort of the next step for particularly the folks who want to go into academics or think they want to learn a little bit more about those things. It's just a great opportunity. So there's always opportunities for residents to be involved with the medical student interest groups, which is a great way for students to be involved as well. And getting involved with like the outdoor rec program, because many of the medical schools are attached to or have an undergrad campus there. And outdoor rec programs usually have great courses. They do awesome trips and they have great equipment and they would like to have people come out and do things with them. Like we've done a joint sort of class with them, like kayak rolling class sessions and go to the pool, use their gear, show people how to do basic kayak rolling and things like that. And some basic paddling first aid, stuff like that. So you can do some of those things. If you're interested in something, you can say, hey, how about if we do a little class on this? And nine times out of 10, you can find a faculty member that would be willing to help you with that. And if not, feel free to reach out to me. I'm happy to kind of help guide them into how they can approach faculty members and get support because almost every faculty, you know, in emergency medicine, almost every place in emergency medicine, there's some faculty member who would be willing to say, yeah, I'll help you with that. And it's because we're all very approachable. And so we all want to help out. And when a resident has an interest, we'd certainly like to help them capitalize on that.
1: Those are some great ideas for getting involved in wilderness medicine. And could you tell me a little bit about why a resident might consider pursuing a wilderness medicine fellowship in their career?
2: Well, I think as you go through residency, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to be done. I can't wait to be done. It's never ending. And then when it's getting close to the end, you're like, I wish that this were longer. I need more time. I don't think you're ever going to know everything you need to know about emergency medicine, whether it's a three-year residency or a 30-year residency you still learn things every day. The benefit of a fellowship, not just wilderness, but the benefit of a fellowship is it gives you time to spend a little more time learning about something a little more focused, and it also gives you a little more free time to do some things. Most of the fellowships, particularly wilderness medicine, you work clinically, but then you have a lot of time where you're doing activities that are related to wilderness medicine. You may be doing expedition support, you may be doing research, you may be doing a You know, rock climbing class, you may be doing, you know, there's a lot of great outdoor activities associated with it most of the time. And the same thing with other fellowships, you're doing that to get more experience and more exposure to that area, particularly for the non ACGME certified fellowships, whether it's an admin fellowship or, you know, even ultrasound, those sort of things where you get more experience developing that niche. So it's a great way if you're thinking of academics to develop that niche because it's not one of the more common ones. So it's like, oh, you're the wilderness person. And it's kind of an easy way to sort of separate yourself out. It gives you the opportunity to get involved on educational levels, on research, and to build your academic portfolio that way. The other thing about it is it's, it's a great way to transition from residency to clinical practice because oftentimes you're doing clinical shifts as either an attending, a junior attending, or a single coverage physician out in a community hospital or a physician at a community hospital. So you're actually working, but yet you kind of have a little umbrella of safety and you can be like, oh, wait, let me go back and ask this question. So it's a good way to step your foot into the waters of clinical practice, but also develop a little more experience in something that's a lot of fun because it's a whole lot easier to do a fellowship after residency than it is to go practice and then be like, oh, I really would like to take six months or three months and go do this. It's a little bit more difficult when you're a little more established in your career to give up the time and the money to do that. So making that commitment straight out of residency, going into a fellowship allows you that flexibility. And some of the fellowships offer the opportunity to do MPHs or advanced degrees. And so you can do a lot of things with that. And there's a lot of travel options with that, so.
1: Those will sound like great things all while getting to like rock climb and hike. So that sounds like a lot of fun. What positions do doctors who complete a wilderness medicine fellowship typically take?
2: So there are, I mean, there are currently maybe 14 fellowships in the country. So there's not that many graduates out there. There's no central job or obvious job that they do sort of occupy. I think most of them end up doing things that they enjoy doing. A fair number of them go on to work in academics and then end up sort of making their own fellowship or helping with fellowships that are already in place, so doing a lot of education. But then they do support on trips. They do research. They go out and provide medical support to camps and to schools and to outdoor programs. So it it gives you a little more exposure and experience to be able to do some of those things. Plus, they're better prepared to just go out and have fun in the woods and take care of people when things happen.
1: Could you tell us one thing that people probably don't know about wilderness medicine that you'd like everyone to know?
2: Sure. The one thing that I think a lot of people have the misconception is that you have to be outdoors and doing all these things and that it's only emergency physicians. But there are a lot of faculty at your medical school or at your residency that are probably doing a lot of outdoor activities and wilderness-type activities. That you would be surprised about it at wake force we have folks who are very active in wilderness medicine who help us at our conference we've had infectious disease doctors pulmonary critical care doctors neurologists we even had one of our neurologists this year who's one of our stroke attendings gave the best rapid neurologic exam in the wild and so it was like a two-minute exam and you're like this is better than any neuro exam i've ever learned in medical school or in residency and i've been doing this a long time i'm like wow you know, and you don't think you're like, oh, the why would the stroke neurologist be a wilderness doctor? But he does outdoor activities, he hikes, he bikes. So people do a lot of things outside and for them to be able to combine their passion and their profession, it's it's a great thing. We don't own wilderness medicine in emergency medicine, which is the great part of it. It crosses many specialties, just like emergency medicine has to have a broad knowledge. So look to some of the folks that may not be emergency medicine faculty in your institution that do outdoor activities or that, doing altitude research or dive medicine or anything that can sometimes be related as outdoor related or limited resource related. And you can find a whole wealth of opportunities and knowledge from those folks.
1: That's great advice. That's something I definitely would not have expected to see a neurologist doing outdoor medicine, but that's great advice. Thanks.
2: You're welcome. And I think the one thing with wilderness medicine, everyone sort of equates it to being on Mount Everest or scuba diving in Belize or trekking in the Grand Canyon. But when you think of wilderness medicine, it's when your needs outstrip your resources. So you can practice wilderness medicine when you're in a single coverage emergency department by yourself and you have multiple trauma patients come in. Or think about what happened in New Orleans after Katrina or in New York after Hurricane Sandy, you know, in a disaster setting, in an international relief setting. There's a lot of opportunities to practice wilderness medicine. It's just wilderness is kind of the sexy term of dealing with things when you don't have all the resources. So I think it's just a great way to prepare yourself overall for a a very rewarding career in emergency medicine.
1: Thank you for being with us today, Dr. McGinnis. It's very helpful to hear from someone who's expert in the field about wilderness medicine because I know in residency, we don't typically get much exposure to it. So it's nice to hear what it's all about.
2: Oh, you're welcome. And thank you for the opportunity. And if anyone has any questions, please contact me.
1: Thank you. We hope you
0: have enjoyed this podcast from the American Academy of Emergency Medicine Resident and Student Association. For more information about RSA, please visit our website, www.aaemrsa.org. Listen to all podcasts in this series and explore the ways you can get involved with RSA. Join us again next episode for another topic of importance for emergency medicine residents and students.